Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Riverdale After Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that's nothing but net. I'm Alex. When you walk in darkness and find your way stumbling through town, what do you come upon? A big old gym with people bouncing a tiny orange circle. That's a metaphor for life? Nope. I'm Justin. Some towns are into basketball. Some towns are into like, you know, like ping pong and stuff. Others are like really into D and D. I like bocce personally. I'm Pete. Wow! wow. <laughs> Only took 125 episodes. This is the last season. This is it. We got to get it, it in. Got to do it all, oh, man. Got to get your head in the game, Hilarious. like they say. We're going to be talking about Riverdale. You're like a Reggie. You're the <laughs> ringer coming in at the end to try to yeah, fix everything. Little farm boy Pete. Riverdale season seven, episode eight, chapter 125, Hoop Dreams. A brief bit of Hoop recap dreams. before we get into it. Archie, Julian, a couple of other folks are all on the basketball team, as is established very quickly in this episode, this 1950s. also on the team. Also on the team. He's the water boy. He gets to play sometimes. I'll tell you what, though. He has to do a lot of laundry for a water boy. Is it a water boy has to do all water things? Well, the laundry takes water. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. He's he's yeah. squirting he's squirting the water they drink on the anyway we can't get into this we got to recap what's going on so as is very established uh, established very quickly by Jughead at the top of the episode this 1950s version of Riverdale which we kind of knew already is more of a basketball town than a football town so that's what's going on here uh, like I said Archie and Julian play on the team we haven't met Reggie yet that's important to mention. Also important to mention in terms of back this episode is Tabitha is back this episode. Oh, yeah. the first episode of the season, the 1950s version of Tabitha, which is different from the guardian angel Tabitha, who is off untangling the timelines. Presumably she is, is going to different? come back. It is different. She presumably I, is going to come back at the end of the I season. It kind of seems like she knows, though. 
I would love a quick cutaway to her just like <laughs> moving cosmic forces while the yeah. rest of them are like. Whatever it is, this is play? the more earnest 1950s Tabitha. She left after the trial of Emmett Till's murderers to travel around with Mrs. Till and bring awareness about the trial and the murder to the rest of the country. So she has been gone for a bunch of episodes there. This also ties back into Tony's storyline. Tony, at the beginning of the season, was working for the Blue and Gold under editor-in-chief Betty, who doesn't seem to ever work at the Blue Gold anymore. But no, she's busy. No, she's busy being Get horny. Busy. <laughs> she's yeah. busy hey, being hey, horny. Take That's it easy. Don't, I mean. don't, don't. That's her plot line. Don't come for Betty, dude. You don't do that. Coming for Betty. Stop. For Betty. Just don't Betty. talk bad about Betty. Bro. Also, please don't say don't come for Betty because that ties in way too closely. And I don't want to get into those sort of jokes. <laughs> anyway. Oh, wow, dude. Tony, though, as uh, was writing uh, some powerful stuff for the Blue and Gold that was getting turned down by Principal Featherhead, she ultimately hasn't done that, which is something we loop back to there. The thing she is doing, though, is Cheryl Blossom. They are now officially together in the 1950s, <laughs> but wow, they got to do it on the DL. Shakespeare over here. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> they are doing it on the DL and getting together, something that we're dealing with a lot this episode, whether they should be together and going steady or not. Also going steady on the DL are Kevin Keller and Clay. Clay Clavin? Ha- Clay has been working at the Babylonium, which was purchased very quickly by Veronica Lodge after That's working right. as the popcorn girl last episode. She took over the That's, local Don't take theater. Betty's jokes, bro. Mm-hmm. Stop. Uh, Stop sorry. biting on Betty, dude. Again, you really don't want to be saying things like that in this episode. But (laughs) Betty, moving over to her, she has been dealing with some frustrations, to put it lightly, in a number of different aspects, particularly with the parents of the town who are trying to shut down her experimentations with her own sexuality. She did a little bit of a peep show, uh, consensually, with Archie across uh, the room. Thank you. Put some respect on it. That's what I'm talking about. Thank you. Uh, And then the last episode when she had to work at her parents' dad's show, After School Dad's TV show. She flashed her underwear and got kicked off of that and broke Alice's heart. As Marilyn Monroe style. A couple of other quick things we should probably mention in this version. Clifford Blossom is the mayor of Riverdale. Penelope Blossom is also there. Julian Blossom is there instead of Jason Blossom. And, uh, oh yeah, Jughead. Jughead Jones. Jughead uh, is... Uh, what's Jughead? Sorry, which Jughead are you talking about? Oh, Jones? Jones. Yeah, Jones. 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 Well, yeah. I mean, there's several Jugheads on this show as well. This Fair. is the earnest 1950s Fair. version of Jughead, who's working as a comic book writer and has managed to finagle his way out of the sights of Dr. Werther's The School Something or Other, who has a uh, gunning... <laughs> comic books and the kids' sexuality. Basically, he is the personified force of repression that is going on there. Uh, and Jughead bonded with a writer named Brad Rayberry, who was confronted with what seems to be the villainous milkman who is terrorizing the town at the end of the last episode. Mm-hmm. As we find out in this episode, Brad did not, in fact, make it out of that. Also, mm. one other quick little note there, just to mention, because we we're questioning this last episode, many folks very helpfully pointed out to us that the Milkman has actually appeared before on Riverdale a couple of times, and most notably, though, on Sabrina, he wasn't the Milkman, but he was another milk-based product. He was the Ice Cream Man, the evil Ice oh, Cream Man whoa. on Chilling Adventures Wow. Of so, typecast is basically what's going man. on. I think the le- real takeaway here is just dairy. Like, dairy mm-hmm. is problematic. And, uh, <laughs> what? Dude, and don't what come happens, for cheese, bro. Come on. 
Oh, I would never come for cheese. No, cheese I, operates above. Cheese is like cheese is like the halo of of milk. Uh, praise Jesus, I, I always say. Praise exactly. You do well, always say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're huge, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> that's your whole thing. Uh, but I think at the end of the episode, not to jump right there, but we learn what happens when you drink too much milk. Murder. Yeah. Well, uh, suicide, right? He kills himself because he drank too much milk. That's he probably well, what happened. No, the milkman murdered him. Of course the milkman murdered him. I don't know why anybody would question that, but we are starting to delve into that mystery. If we want to jump into that plot line, since we're talking about it right now, because basically we kind of get Jughead a little bit off on his own, specifically with Tabitha. It does tie into a couple of other storylines there in a fun way, but we re-meet this Tabitha. They have, once again, meet cute where she points out hey you were supposed to send me my homework you promised that on the first yeah. episode he did not at all not and even a little bit there wasn't even, even a little bit he didn't do He's any like, of that oh, but i've end been up, busy <laughs> they end up bonding about writing they go to visit brad's house he's uh, not answering the door because he's dead inside. And then they... And that then was they the invest- tough part. That was the tough part about this meet cute was she was really distracting him from the fact that uh, his hero is dead. And uh, well, the fa- there was and a door in the was way. like, leave yeah. a note. Less, right. a, less of a meet cute and more of a meet spelled with M-E-A-T cut. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. It's uh, sort of I, I don't know. I, I guess we'll find out. More of a meat corpse, really, I think. Is what <laughs> there we go. There we'll, we'll keep uh, workshopping this one. I like that Jughead invents sort of a more disgusting post-it note here. Like he uh, throws a the little. First, the first post-it note, it was gone. Like, yeah. How close to of a friend do you have to have to be like, I'll leave a spit note on your door? Because I would not love that. <laughs> if I'm, I, uh, I'm mentoring a young up-and-coming writer and he's leaving me a, a gum message. Not cool, bro. Well, just to throw it out there about the storyline, so we get to see them go on a movie date. We get to see them talk about a very pointed book that W.E.B. Dubois wrote called The yeah. Comet that is about everybody being killed by a comet except for the first uh, or the first prominent interracial couple in sci-fi. Well, the story, the story yeah. was the first. Uh, I don't I, I don't think that the book is saying that it was the first, that W.E.B. Du Bois was saying it was the first interracial couple, was saying they're the last ones on Earth. So that, right. that Well, what of, I'm saying, like in terms of sci-fi, the genre. It's the first yeah. yes, prominent. Yes. It is a real story, and this was the first time that somebody was really publishing like that in a major way. I'm sure there were other stories before it, uh, but this was a big deal, like how Tabitha talks about it. They spend all night reading the story together and bond, and it's very sweet. Well, and I also thought to the larger episode in this storyline in particular, landing on this Du Bois story and the rest of the the arcs happening here sort of snuck up on the, a really strong racial theme here, which I thought was handled really well. Like we've talked in the past about certain like larger cultural issues are a little bit um, ham fisted in the way they're presented on not just Riverdale, but a lot of television and the way that this episode sort of snuck up on it with the Reggie storyline with um, this storyline, I thought was really great. And, and then when Archie's at the mixer, and he's yeah. overhearing all the like horrifying blossom racist statements and they don't have him. He's just like revolted by it. And then he, it changes, it changes him. And I thought th- they did it with such a light hand and it's setting up a much larger sort of youth rebellion storyline here that I am so excited the way they're handling it. It's really well done. Yeah, I, I agree. I was really happy with, you know, like, and also, you know, we are three white guys, but it's one of those things where 
you know, like the fact that Archie kind of didn't want to believe and was kind of like angry about it and then was super uh, kind of like, you know, accepting and, and had his and eyes aware. opened. Yeah, in yeah. A it was, way, in a way and, that made it his friendship with Reggie real. Yeah, and great. And uh, it was nice to like, and what was great was Reggie's whole kind of, you know, monologue, his whole kind of like, you know, thing was just so awesome. And then like, you know, Archie had to sit with that for a little while and then really saw it. It was just uh, it was just well done. It was really well done. Well, to your point, I think I'm saying I'm of two minds about this is probably too strong because I'm on board with you guys. I really like this. I think this is really well executed. I thought the acting was good here. The writing, like you said, Justin, yeah. was very nuanced. And we've been talking a lot about the structure of these episodes. And this one was very thematically strong across the board. You had Jughead bonding with Tabitha and him discovering more about literature there, that there are things outside of his wheelhouse. You have Archie learning about Reggie. You have it maybe a little less in the Tony Sherrill storyline in terms of race, but it's, but it's touched upon. It's touched no, it's upon, exactly. Touched yeah. And then I mean, you Cheryl also have, a little bit more of a funny way, you have how Veronica is dealing with Kevin and Clay and kind of mm-hmm. learning about that. So you have not to, first of all, not to lump people of color and uh, LGBTQ plus issues in the same bucket, but they're sort of talking about people who in this 1950s time are very much on the fringes of society. How do they relate to the people who are not on those fringes? So again, thematically very strong. The thing that makes me hold back a little bit that I was wrestling with, and I don't think it's necessarily my place to comment on, like Pete was saying, we are three white guys, is having across the board the people of color or the people who are other teaching the people who are not important yeah. lessons. I don't think it was as didactic about it, which is why I do think it worked. It wasn't after school special style or anything. Um, but, but that was the only thing that I was a little hesitant about. And I would rather hear and read other voices in terms of how they react to it. Similar to how we were talking about the first episode, but then to get back to what you were saying, Justin, and I'll wrap up here in terms of the overall river excuse me riverdale-ness of it the fact that they're not like oh we dealt with that in the first episode we're good to go for the season yeah. that they are continuing these themes and continuing to explore these themes that means sometimes they won't work and sometimes they absolutely will work and i i think that's laudable and i'm glad they're doing that yeah it's a good point but i also think it is like a sort of a the the larger story is like pushing back against a culture of repression and specifically the parents, I think will end up being the people who are sort of trying to hold everyone down across all of these issues. So like, I think it is like, it's, I think it's the, what the, this season and maybe at the end of it, what this show is about, like trying to make the world a better place by throwing off the things that are, are keeping, keeping us down across the board. Well, and we didn't mention this, or at least I didn't mention this when we were going through talking about all the storylines, but I do think, We've talked about this before on the podcast. I do think this also ties into Betty's storyline in terms of the one that they're probably most slow playing in terms of being obvious about what they're doing. We've talked a lot about how fans are frustrated with horny Betty, quote unquote, this season. But I think it's even apparent in this episode, the way that Lily Reinhardt is playing it, is they're not out and out talking about 
her embracing feminism and understanding the concept of feminism yet, but they are slowly walking her there episode to episode in terms of the level of her frustration with everything that's going on. Not her sexual frustration, but her actual emotional frustration. Yeah. And I like how they're doing that. They keep that tied in thematically with everything else while not saying it as obviously as, say, the Kevin and Clay storyline or with uh, what's going on with Tabitha or uh, any of the stuff that Tony's really talking about. Yeah, I mean, with Betty, it's like she's sort of pushed doing being a little rebellious and she's being just dogpiled on with people (laughs) being like, here's what you have to do now. And it's like, I don't even know you, Werther. Why are you in my face when making me Mm -hmm. do all these different things? Uh, so, like, I think that's her that's her separate journey. Uh, but getting back to I think all this stuff is, is really interesting. But getting back to Jughead and Tabitha, pretty psyched to see them. The romance is on. Do, don't I, I'm not trying to throw that do, in your face, Pete, because uh, I, I just it enjoy would... their dynamic. And I like how we get like sort of a new. Okay, yeah, you, please enjoy their dynamic, but don't try to come at me about it. You know I'm definitely I mean? not I, coming at you. I, I'm okay, not great, coming because at you. In fact, I'm going to close my way. eyes. I'm going to okay, close my eyes so I don't have yeah, to see don't, you. Because you were putting a little extra on it, so I just wanted to make sure it was Truly not. happiness yeah. for them and not, you know, like, you know. And I just want to clarify for the people who are only listening, when you closed your eyes, you did that thing from the Indiana Jones movie and one eyelid <laughs> was written Jabatha and the other was Endgame. Uh, oh, wow. You know, and yeah, that you was, know how much that, that hurts? Weird. That hurts to write on your eyelids. <laughs> oh Let me just say. Good. That poor Good. actress. But it's worth it. It's worth it for this. Um, no, but it, like their first sort of their main timeline romance was so colored by Jughead's issues that he was dealing with. And to see them meet each other in this new timeline, sort of fresh, I guess I would say, like it, it just highlighted their romance and their connection. And I, I really enjoyed seeing that that new version of them here. They're really cute together. The scene at the locker where they're meeting each other. Tabitha is clearly into Jughead. Jughead is being as naive as he was so far this season with Ethel and then with Veronica. But I think he gets it a little more and he gets the connection a little more. Them going yeah. on the movie date was cute. Them talking all night. I love it. I think it's great. He's, he's reading a lot of Super Duck, so he's learning a lot of life lessons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, People don't know this, but Super Duck was actually very instructional in terms of emotional and steady relationships. Emotional, sexual. Like, Super Duck is where you learn a lot <laughs> of stuff. It's one of the most sexual books you could read. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. mad at the horror comics with this very yeah, sexual. The full title was Super Sexual Duck, and they sure. <laughs> but one thing you touched upon there, Alex, is the, the movie scene was hysterical because Jughead ordered like 85 things, and then it was 75 cents. And I was like, ah, uh, yeah. The Take me back 50s. to that place. Was that your reaction? <laughs> no, no. I'm just like, oh, that's so much candy for 75 cents. That's glorious. Yeah, what a great deal. The, what, what uh, well, time. just real quick on that while we're talking about yeah. it. Yeah. Two things. Love Senior Mints. What a, just a great job. Senior Mints. Senior Mints. Butterflingers. We got all yeah. the candy yeah. that they did. Yeah. All the hits. It's glorious. But I think the real secret issue here is who orders a soda with extra ice? What the, what's, what world is Jughead coming from? Where he's, he's like, flexing, I want it. dude. He's like, I want extra ice. I but for what, he likes water? He likes a watered-down <laughs> soda? This guy, I feel like this is a major clue that Jughead, Jughead is somehow the master villain of this entire series. Mm. Because extra of extra ice? ice? Who's, I've never heard a person ask for that. First off, this was extra in ice the cream. 50s. This is 50s soda that was strong and maybe still had drugs in it. So you got to put <laughs> ice in there, bro. Because you take uh, one hit of that and you're like, whoa! 
Yeah. Am I in and, this movie? Come on. You extra, <laughs> extra ice. <laughs> extra ice, light on the cocaine, please. In the yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, uh, I've, I've got to drive. One or two yeah. pumps. <laughs> um, I just thought that was a, that whole scene was very funny, wild uh, moment. Um, and I guess so. Is that your statement on the Jabatha relationship, Pete? Is I like that he ordered candy. No, I was just. Uh, it, it's it's a uh, it's adorable and it's great to see uh, Tabitha happy and uh, with somebody who uh, respects her. I, I want them to be happy in their their time period. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and, and just I, so you know, it, listeners, I had a gun to Pete's head when he just said that. Just no, to be clear, I want to become clear. I did that through Zoom. I don't know, but it was very, very impressive. The one thing that I did want to talk about here, though, that is a bigger external thing that I don't have any answers for, but we've been wondering about where Tabitha has been all season, or more specifically, where Aaron Westbrook, who plays Tabitha, has been. And in this episode, she is no longer in the main cast. She is listed as special guest star yes. for the episode. That's a bummer. That's a that's yeah. a real bummer. I feel bad about that. But I bet. I mean, that's just because of the number of episodes she's in. Like, I I don't. I'm. It's not like we're gonna get less of her at the end. Is what I. I is my, the way well, I. We are getting less of her. She was in the first. We're episode getting less of her she now. Disappeared until yeah. the eighth episode. Yes, I, because she's saving the the universe, Alex. Oh, absolutely. Here, here is my guess about it. This is zero information whatsoever. Because wait, we're to guesses. We're we're done talking about the show. We're just guessing shit now. No, no, no. I'm going to talk you about guess why anything. she's a special <laughs> guest star because I was very oh, pumped okay. about it. Oh, uh, um, I see. Well, when clear, you like, when you get to it, Pete, how many jelly beans are in this jar? <laughs> All right, I guess. got a little time. If you can time. guess how many jelly beans are in the jar, I'll tell you why Aaron Westbrook is a special guest star this season. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> No, I, I did. Yep. In all honesty, like I tried a couple of different ways to reach out and find out what was going on with her at the beginning of the season and didn't get a straight answer about it. My guess is that there's nothing nefarious going on here so much as. Yeah. Well, I think I think it was probably a budgetary thing. Like they have the final season. They probably needed to make some cuts and snips somewhere. They made a decision where they didn't want to cut somebody entirely. They want to include some as many people as possible, but I'm sure they needed to make some decisions there. Maybe she had some scheduling stuff she had to do as well. I don't know. That's also possible. Um, but again, I don't think this is the sort of figure they're like, we hate Tabitha. We want to get rid of Tabitha. I think they did want to include Tabitha. They just, and again, this is just a pure guess on my part. They had to make some hard decisions at some point along the road. So there you go. Yeah. Let's jump over. I did want to talk about Veronica's storyline since we're talking about the movie theater because yeah. Veronica is not to mix sports metaphors, hitting nothing but strikes this episode. What? Well, yes, I have nothing but fouls, hitting fouls, balls, balls. But balls. Is that yeah. the basketball? Strikes nothing but balls. Nothing no, but balls. I know, I the said, Veronica Lodge story. <laughs> said I was said I'm mixing my sports metaphors. <laughs> you, and then you did it. No, you were like, and then really, I did it. I followed up. Yeah, you you're did. not. Which I'm hitting those. nothing but net with setting up the things that I'm about to. Hey, say. you did it again. <laughs> nice job, <laughs> buddy. Alex, foul I ball, don't think foul ball, Pete. I yeah. don't think you're using these correctly. KO, I think you didn't TKO, mix. You didn't TKO, mix your yeah. metaphors. You just used one and sort of at the end <laughs> bailed out pretty hard on it. Okay. Well, anyway, Veronica is really trying to get a bunch with a bunch of people. This episode, in a very funny way, keeps missing. That's my point. Well, it's interesting to me. But like, she I also learn, uh, you know, learns some, some stuff. And I mean, she's kind of coming in hot. She's kind of busting balls a little bit about it. 
But Kevin is nothing but balls. We can get into that as well. But well, to, I, go I, ahead, Justin. I agree with you, Alex. Like, um, I feel like she she's like, I want to get with Clay. And then after uh, Kevin says, like, well, you can't because I'm with Kevin him. gets a little kind of like, hey, uh, back up. he's just all, all of a sudden in the shot kind of like, hey, what are you what are you doing? Yeah. Hey, boss lady, lay off my man. Yeah. But then she's like, oh, I was just testing you. I was like, no, you weren't. No, yeah, you, exactly. That was like, I was yeah. like, get out of here with that. Yeah, with that. Trying she's to say. dropping friends of Dorothy, like desperately coming up with well, that. All the yeah, language. and I think, I think she ultimately is fine with it. She's not against Kevin of, Clay oh, or anything like that. But yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. clear in the script because she follows up with like, that's great. I was just testing you. Just to check real quick. Clay likes girls as well, maybe a little bit. No, yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. That's what she keeps. She keeps just testing it. Just a test. That's all. But that's why it's also interesting to me. Just double checking. It feels like Betty and Veronica have sort of switched places with their uh, from their comic book personas or even the personas they've had throughout the rest of the series. Like Betty's the one who's sort of like you know putting herself out there is very like sort of like here's what I'm doing. And Veronica is the sort of wide-eyed innocent who's like, what's this? I'm, we're like movies. I'm boys. Where do I find boys? Like, it, it's just such a funny transposition between those two. Well, I do think that's their arcs, right? Like, you, they met in the middle a couple of episodes back where Veronica was teaching Betty to own her sexuality in terms of wearing the lingerie. And at this point, a, a lot of this season, and I know I've seen people be upset about this, but I think they're not... They're not writing this because they hate Veronica. They're writing this because they like Veronica and want to challenge Veronica in different ways. And she is coming in hot to this town being like, yes, it's me. I'm Veronica Lodge. I'm here. I'm the big star. And ultimately, she's learning a lot of lessons from these people around her in terms of not just thinking about herself, but thinking about other people. And I do think the way they're playing it, the way they're writing it is really interesting. Camila Mendez is great at eating up every scene that she's in. And to your point about Betty, I think Veronica was one of those people along the way that is helping her develop, similar to being open about just saying this stuff to Reggie in this episode, kind of in that funny study date scene where she's laying out like, oh my God, this thing happened and this uh, thing happened, and then she starts babbling at a certain point. It's so great. But that's also, that's part of her journey, right? Like her part of her journey is understanding, no, she is saying these things. She did do these things. I need to own this. This is part of me, just like whatever everybody wants to put on me is also part of me. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. But yeah. just something I want to t- touch on that you mentioned real quick. It really is a, a fun moment where Betty was like, weren't you just the popcorn girl there like <laughs> yesterday? And now you own the place like really talks about like, um, you know, uh, Veronica and what she's kind of like capable of and kind of how she operates at different speeds and kind of works, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, differently. So it is. It's it's a fun kind of back and forth when the two of them are together. It's a, it's it's usually a really great scene. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I'm glad we got kind of a, a little some group stuff in this episode as well. Yeah, uh, Ver- Veronica traditionally the sort of the person that Reggie and Archie are competing over, and I feel like now it's Betty in this episode anyway, in a sort of a light way. But uh, so I thought that was the blur cool. kind of really messes things up. You know, a lot of people were chopping up the bit. Uh, you know, that whole scene where he shows up and Cheryl's like, Veronica, yeah. take it down a notch. Yeah, very <laughs> funny. Just, like, but before we move over there, I just want to say about um, the, the movie theater. It feels like I love how she brags multiple times. Like, I I own this. It's me. I own, I own yeah, this yeah, place, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I thought was funny. But I also think now Kevin Clay worked there. Veronica, they've built this place up as like, hey. Well, this is where we hang out. I feel like this is going to be the home a prediction going forward. This is going to be what that what their hangout is and where they sort of are launching their their big like throw off the the our parents like rebellion is going to come here. This is like that's going to be the headquarters. Movie theater. Is what you're saying? It's the sex bunker. It's this no, the, season's this, sex. The theater. sex theater, if you will. <laughs> the sex theater. Yeah. Yeah. This the super sexual sex junk theater. theater. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it's yeah. Just bring it all together. <laughs> Babylonium uh, is going to be renamed yeah, the, home super of the super sexual duck. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I think at the very least we're putting the most performative characters, like putting Kevin in there, that makes sense. That's basically reverberating. Yeah. Great Kevin up. Well, every previous season where Veronica's like. Hey, I'm putting on a show. Who do I want? Kevin. And then Kevin performs. But it actually feels like, at least in this episode, Kevin is a little bit more part of the action because of the yeah. clay, um, which is great. Uh, so that's that's all good. I like it. Uh, just to talk about the other ways that Veronica gets shot down, though, there is the whole Reggie thing, which we talked uh-huh. about. I did want to ask you, though, because I think, uh, again, like I'm a little split here in terms of how this actually went. Reggie does seem to be veering more in the direction very tentatively towards Betty. Maybe not tentatively yes. is the right word, but he's this is a very different Reggie. This Wait, is even yeah. barely the Reggie that we know. I think Julian, like you pointed out a couple of episodes back, Justin, is Reggie. Is the Reggie. So yeah. this Reggie instead is somebody who's like, I just got to keep my nose down, do yeah. – what I'm doing and everybody's going to leave me alone. And then maybe I can make it alive to college. That's like basically his MO, but clearly he is interested in Betty. There's some interest there in terms of that. Yeah. But he Later did on, kind of like run away from her uh, when they were kind of, when Betty well, had so that's that conversation. He runs away from her a little bit. He does show up at the Babylonian, but he forgot that she, and Veronica he, was did there. He, though? That's what the question that I was yeah. getting towards is, did he actually forget Veronica working there or was he 1950s negging her? I, wow. Wow. I dude, love a 1950s. Wow, take it easy. <laughs> yeah. How about them? Uh, I think Reggie was like, didn't somebody say something about movies? I'm going to go see a movie. That's something I do. Well, but he didn't. The way I read that scene is he went in there, got a popcorn for free, and then was like, later. <laughs> he didn't. It doesn't seem like he was going out there to see a movie. So, like, that's why I feel like he was going there to see Veronica. The thing with this Reggie is Wait, he's so you like, think he goes to the movies for the same reason Pete goes to the movies, which is the snacks? Yeah. Yeah, I go there to just get a cup of extra ice and get out of it. <laughs> Smart, dude. Jeez. Smart. Big yeah. cups, big yeah. ice. 
<laughs> Nothing's cheap in a movie theater anymore, bro. Well, that's what that's I think. That's why I buy all my candy. Are you telling me that's a bad idea? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're wasting I get, I get lunch at the AMC Empire 25 oh Times Square every day. Uh, oh, are you a there's, millionaire? There's nothing How do you better. Do that? Have you tried their chicken strips? They're okay. <laughs> they're $40. They're $40. They're okay. Sometimes there's, they're warm. There's nothing better than an ancient $20 hot dog from my local movie theater <laughs> topped off with some barely cheesed nachos. Yeah, what I like yum, to do yum. is I like to take the hot dog out of the bun and dip it in a thing of junior mints. You know, they stick to it like a little bit when they get Senior hot and mints wet. only, bro. Senior mm, mints yeah. only. That was uh, the grossest thing I've ever said on this podcast. <laughs> Let me it's say, true. Agree. It's I couldn't true. believe I was saying that when I said it out Here's loud. Here's the thing. When you said it out loud, I imagined it. And uh, it looked it looked gross in um, my mind. It looked I'm, like I'm, a greasy I'm finger. horrified. Yeah. What was great was I didn't get here, and uh, I'm never going to listen to this. So I'm living. <laughs> yeah, living I can't imagine life. any of us saying that again later in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. so that's so definitely it's all that. Yeah, um, I right anyway, it down to so Reggie, puke back. Uh, Reggie, uh, we're, we're talking Reggie. Uh, he's he is he's like a closed book. He's someone that I think we don't understand quite yet. He's interested in Betty. He's interested in Veronica. So. Definitely going to be an interesting uh, Archie situation, especially since they are now best buds. The mm-hmm. Archie-Jughead relationship doesn't seem to be happening. Jughead's on his own thing. So yeah, we got I mean, Archie and Reggie living together, bunking up. Uh, but I will say, I miss the old Reggie, the sort of goof, like, guy who messes everything up, but very funny. And I am I'm always going to be uh, standing for Man Monica. The, the Reggie Veronica. Well, maybe we'll get it, right? Like, maybe yeah, exactly. Charles Milton is going to do this as a consistent performance. I think, I keep thinking about this every episode, but I was definitely thinking about this this episode in terms of how everybody is playing kids, you know, again, and some of them are doing just a bang-up job of it. Yeah. In particular, I know I've called them out before, but KJ Appa and Lily Reinhardt, the way that they're playing these teen characters is so funny and so earnest and uh, sarcastic in different ways, respectively. Um, But the other thing that was occurring to me this episode, based on the way that Charles Melton is playing Reggie, is who do we characterize as different characters? Like, I think we've talked about they are the same people, and they definitely are the same people, and there are connections and reverberations there. But this is a Reggie who is very different. Archie is very different. Just this is we see a little bit of it in him punching out Juliet and giving this big speech. Oh, that was great. So the basketball team. That was such a great punch. It was a great punch. It was really good. Third time in the season so far, Juliet's been punched out. I Um, love it. And also, I like the end of that where Juliet stands up. It's like, fair. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't even. He's like, okay, it's like, yeah, let's get back. That to happens to me a, a lot. Yeah, uh, another character is different is the um, Charles Barkley of the show now, Dylan Doyle. Yeah, yeah exactly. The I was. We're getting a lot of Dilton. You know, like he uh, last episode he got to dance with Betty. This episode, game winning shot. Come he on, man. is very funny, and this is nothing against Major Curta, who played Dilton through whenever he showed up previously. Yeah. Uh, this one, I think his name was Daniel, also a great Dilton. Which was also a great Dilton, but that was supposed to be like the doomsday prepper Dilton. Yeah, it was. This yeah. classic comic Dilton, he is crushing 
the comedy in every yeah. episode. Like, it's just these little background things. I think Abby Ross, who's playing Midge, is doing the same thing. Whenever they do oh. a cutaway to her. She's like, wee! <laughs> Hi, it's me, it's Midge! <laughs> I, it's like, Hi, I'm in this television show. I'm Midge. But it's very, like, it's purposeful. They're very doing funny. it purposely. Yeah. And they're both of them, all of them are just making the most out of every single tiny moment. It's very fun. Yeah, and on that, like the bad, most badass moment from this episode was Reggie being like, "Yeah, we'll take Doily, four of us versus you. Let's go." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Yes, that was very cool." Yeah. So all the Reggie stuff was great. What else should we talk about? Why don't we talk about the Shoney stuff because that was probably the uh, what a put, what a ride you went on. Out. Yeah, it's an emotional ride. roller coaster. That I, they were, I was happy. I was heartbroken. I was like, oh my. Yeah, I could not believe when they were like, well, we broke up. I was like, what? No, I didn't get that from what happened. How are we breaking up when you just got together? Come on. You're wrecking me here. But yeah, we started out with a, with a makeout scene in the locker room. That voice. You know what that voice is like? It's very much like when you dip a hot dog into senior. Hey! Hey! <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey! 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 I'm picturing it. sort of picture. gross. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, man. Cut the gas, <laughs> Captain. Gotcha. Cut the gas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, put that apple butter in your uh, hey! pockets, buddy. Hey, Reggie, writing a book? <laughs> I like we shout out the random line. Yes. Anyway, uh, yeah, very emotional storyline. But I thought I really liked how they handled it. I'm glad that we did not end up with another Shoney breakup immediately. I feel like that has happened too much over the course of the show. So it's definitely. I I also like the storyline of Tony running away because she is worried about going steady with Cheryl, but also Cheryl not going full Cheryl about it. Like not going, yeah. you know. She, well, she went a little Cheryl. But she, I, I, a little I, bit. Yeah, a little bit. I think it was one of those things where, you know, like Lizzo talking to uh, Tony kind of really made her stop and think a, a little bit. And then I think she kind of got cold feet and kind of cut it off. But then I uh, realized like, oh, okay, well, maybe I'm being a little hasty. But man, what a... I mean, the- well, but I, I would also say, I mean, Lizzo's not um, great in the things that she says, but right. I think Tony was sort of coming to Cheryl wants to get with Tony. It seems yeah. like she has her own motives, but I think yeah. uh, Tony was coming to Cheryl under these, like she was becoming something that she's not, she's not a paper shaker. Right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like she, uh, yeah, that was term like, I use now. Yeah. And even when Tabitha was like, what, you're, you're what now? What's happening yeah. to you now? And, and I think that's yeah, why she's she, the, the sort of person who usually picks, uh, used cherries out of the cabinet or whatever it was. What did Lizzo yeah. say to her? <laughs> yeah, so they're just making shit up at this point. Let's be honest. Well, I will say I enjoy every single one of every, the nonsensical fifties. Uh, oh my things God. Using. Yeah. But, I, but I do think like the way they sort of reset their relationship here, I think they did have to go through that because now they're meeting back on, on their real sort of terms. Like let's meet at the dark room and start over. Tony can be yeah. Tony. Cheryl can now that she's sort of more aware of her identity. I think she can be Cheryl and then they can meet on real, real ground. Well, and on that note, it feels like a response to previous season Shoney storylines that people very rightly called out for Tony yeah. completely subsuming her personality for Cheryl and just being yeah, an attache exactly. to Cheryl's storyline who would just say, babe, and that's yeah, it. Yeah, the go and steady kind of really kind of triggers her to be like, I'm not a square. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not something I want to be me. Yeah. yeah well, which but is also, I mean, it, it, in very Riverdale fashion, it takes her all of 45 minutes to figure out what she wants to do, which is create a black literary journal for the school yeah. or otherwise. But she does figure that out. And now they're going to be more even in this relationship. And I think that's great. I think we're going to yeah. see that back and forth as they figure out their way towards the end of the season where they are going to be even. You're not going to have Tony being less than Cheryl or Cheryl being less than Tony. It's going to be a real, true, even relationship, and I'm excited to see This is a crazy show. You can't really call things like that. You don't know what's going to happen. You, no, we all, just we like make calls in, a lot. Just like in basketball, I'm calling my shot. I'm pointing no. straight that's, to the outfield. That's Babe Ruth. I think it's Babe Ruth. Yeah. Uh, real, real quick, though. Is he from basketball? A co- what was he you, on? You couldn't call glass. You call, you call glass on a shot. You know he he was on the Boston Bruins, an excellent uh, basketball team. Oh, okay. Uh, I should, up, I should buy a bunch of their merch. <laughs> you should, you love merch. Definitely wear sports merch for a team that you don't <laughs> understand or know anything about. Yeah, I got a jersey. From a coaching perspective, how hard do you think it is to? No uh, one's coach ever said ch- wearing sports merch. By the way, that's never really <laughs> been said before. I just want to point that yeah. out. Wow, you we're said, breaking like, new ground on this podcast. Yeah, toss me that sick jurors is what you say. Right? <laughs> oh, okay, oh, this is great. This is really instructive. Thanks, guys. They say you know the fifties terminology. This is modern talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a coaching perspective, how hard do you think it is to coach the basketball or cheerleading squads where um, the the Members change every seven or eight minutes. Yeah, and parents decide who's on the team and stuff. There's no actual tryouts. No That's wonder cool. Frank looks absolutely insane in every <laughs> shot he is in the show. Frank's Why are they making him so crazy? He looks Barely like somebody together. The way that he's playing, like the way that uh, Ryan Robbins is holding his face is 1950s Frank. He looks like somebody else, and it's driving me insane. Like, I cannot put a finger on it. <laughs> it's not like awesome. the last not, thing. I keep thinking it's like Brian Cranston on Breaking Bad, but that's not right. It's no. it's something else. Like it's, yeah. some, it's like a, a psycho killer. It's, it's almost it's like he's like, like, like old no, 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 it's like star. It's, it's it's almost like an alien trying to be a human and exactly. it's like just holding it's it barely Vincent holding D'Onofrio it. Vincent in black. Sugar yeah. water. Sugar yeah. water. <laughs> yeah, he's desperately trying to hold the millions of bugs in underneath his human exactly. skin. That he's exactly. Yeah. It's a trench coat situation. So the Shoney story line was great. I did want to point out one thing just because we did uh, talk about the scene where Tony talks to Tabitha and Clay about her idea for the literary journal. And yeah. it's a great idea and it's really going to push things forward and it's incredible for Tony. And Clay's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on with Cheryl in the middle of yeah. that scene? Which was so funny. Well, Clay he did say, like, well, actually, I would love an outlet for all my poetry and stuff like that. I was like, ooh, man, he's been working on a bunch of stuff. Yeah. His poetry was bad, though. I think everybody agreed that it was bad. So that's interesting. No, I mean, come on, man. Uh, Kevin a chance. Kevin he was a chance. Kevin, like, yeah. he was overshadowed by Tony's performance. I think yes, exactly. Uh, Going to be hard for her to print that in the literary journal, by the way, but I guess we'll. <laughs> but hey, I, did, I don't know. I thought it was don't, so funny. Don't that take he shots. Was like, uh, this is great that we're talking about this thing that's really powerful and going to be good for us and really going to be good for the overall for the world. Instead, give me the goss. I want to know what's yeah. going on with Cheryl. So. And in that way, aren't we all Clays? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, that's definitely really? where I was. I think I was like, every person nice. would have said the same thing. Like, yes, that is a great idea. I really think it will think, move things forward. I'm very proud to be a part of it. Okay, now uh, you please tell me about Cheryl. Uh, Wait, you kissing? <laughs> Um, I also want to shout out uh, Madeline Petch's performance, and it is great. Oh, but even beyond that, the, the way they're doing, she did when she walked right. away from Tony and had that little beat, and then turned back. Oh, 
It's amazing how many gears that Cheryl has in general on the show, and this is sort of a different one even. But I want to shout out um, the uh, hair and makeup that they're doing with Madeline Petch. Like, she has this sort of, like, more pared-down, innocent look that I think is – it really supports the performance and the the writing of this this episode and this this season in such a great way. And it's it's something that, like, shows don't always do. And so shouts to the HMU department for, for nailing that look. Yeah, that's a great note. I mean, I think it's something similar that they're doing with some of the characters' dress, certainly, like the way that Archie is dressed. He's obviously dressed completely differently. Jughead is dressed in, like, these very stripy mm-hmm. sweaters that are very reminiscent of Jughead sweaters, but he gets, like, a lot of turtlenecks and stuff. With his crown pinned to the very back, yeah, clinging to the back of his head. But the one that I wanted to call out that I think also is being served well in that uh, respect is Betty. I think they are yeah. definitely, I know people miss the Betty ponytail and I completely get that but the look that they're giving her overall is just this softer younger look and that's something that obviously comes in the way that you're playing it it comes in the way the director is shooting it but like you're also, saying it's very much in the hair and the makeup and the uh, costume department as well. 50s Tabitha uh, also some amazing looks yeah. in there oh my gosh so cute yeah. like the big glasses and everything, yeah the white the glasses with the, the yeah oh my yeah Adorbs. What else should we talk about here? I'm sure we've skipped several storylines as we. Well, if we this. could, I mean, we were talking a little bit about some of the great dialogue when Archie looks up and goes, "Howdy, doody, Betty." I mean, that was just that was just really well. Real quick, while we're talking about um, the two characters that make up Barchie, uh, Betty and Archie. Uh, oh, thank you. I don't appreciate you how ever... you stopped to point that out. We, you could just say if we're talking about Betty and Archie and then start talking about them. I want to save time by saying Barchie. Yeah, I'm in a little bit of a I rush call them Archie. Well, but... you really, you, we lost all that time because you spelled it out. Instead of making the choice, you did both like an asshole. I will say, though, I enjoy this time because it's more time that we're talking about Barchie. Thanks, B-A-R-C-H-I. What I'm doing is spending this time not talking about them while you think we're talking about them so I can then change the subject soon. Uh, good luck. The uh, this relationship, <laughs> this relationship in this episode, I was a little bit. It was ice cold, no real connection. That's right. I was, uh, was bummed what? about that. No, the whole scene they, where Reggie looks across the window at the window, and Archie's like, "You don't get to look at her." I, he no, closed. The, he's like, oh, "Actually, we're not yeah. allowed to have that." I do. I agree. That was. I thought that was interesting and funny well, uh, and, and real. And, but and when Reggie point, goes neighbor, this, and everybody was like, "Oh, what?" To that point, like, I think what this is setting up is this great friendship between Archie and Reggie here. And I don't think Betty is necessarily going to come in the middle of it and break them apart. But I do think we're going to get a new triangle instead of it being Archie, Veronica, Betty from like the comics. We're going to get Archie, Reggie, Betty, both in one path of them. And I do think that still points that points even stronger to Betty and Archie being endgame in some respects here, because I think Reggie is going to be this roadblock that they need to get over. Now we're just talking crazy speculation. No, I agree no, with I, you. And I think and that's going to point to Reggie and Veronica as well. That's exactly what I was going to say, yeah. man. Monica's strong because, yeah. A, Veronica has no other options in general. <laughs> um, and Reggie, they did, you know, he she gave him a popcorn, which is a mm-hmm. classic 1950s love declaration. Right. And if he doesn't seem uninterested, then you have this plot line of slowly like him coming around and realizing who Veronica is and falling in love with her and her falling in love with him. I think, I think, I don't know. We're starting to get He's halfway through and a, the vision is becoming boy. clearer. Right. And the fog is starting to lift. He's just from what? What was it? Duck something? Duckburg. Uh, 
No, <laughs> not Duck Bird. <laughs> um, very you might funny. might solve a mystery or it's, rewrite it's, history. Both of those things are happening on the show right now. So. I can't believe you said that. Uh, that was I'm now sa- can't stop singing the song in my head because of you. Thank you so Which much. Which one? B-A-R-C-H-I. Don't forget the E. Is that the one that you can't forget? Oh I do love that theme song as well. Yeah. Wow. Uh, just a little bit. Oh, Doug, yeah. Creek. Doug, Doug Creek, yeah. Doug and I will say Creek. the amount of Doug Creek mentioning in this <laughs> episode, Doug I was Creek. like, "Don't say no, Doug." I think it was Doug Creek. No, I it's think, Duck also, Creek. Duck Creek? Yes, I guess ducks live in creeks. Oh yeah, my god! But I thought it was Duck Creek, but I I listened to it every time he said it, and I think it was Doug. <laughs> I guess we'll find it's out. Not Doug's Creek? No, it's, it's Doug, like the TV, the cartoon Doug. Doug <laughs> Creek. No, it's, it's where he's. It's like a nod to your fucking super duck. It used to be called, uh, is that why he's reading super duck later in the episode? Mm -hmm. No, it used to be called Doug Funny Creek, but they shortened it. The just a quick note, if anybody didn't pick up on it, the farm that they used, I believe, is the farm from the season three anthology episode, The Man in Black, the one that Archie and Jughead hide out at when they're on the run from Hiram that Ooh. Riley Keough is at and shaves uh, Archie. Yeah. So I think that's the same farm there. Also, while we're talking about Easter eggs. Reggie has a flashback to his time at Stonewall Prep, where he yeah. was racistly attacked by none other than Brett Weston Wallace, who shows up. Which, I thought that was a fun, very brief cameo. From yes, that, he was uh, available for literally 15 minutes to come in, but he made the most of it. Oh, I looked it up as well, and the actual name of the town is Super Sexual Duck Creek. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess oh, that's, why right. the, well, that's why they don't have a movie theater, is because the movie theater is over in Riverdale. That's exactly right. Super sexual Duck Creek, the movie theater. <laughs> so I think uh, while we're just talking crazy smack, I think Jughead's going to note uh, notice the, in the note that uh, he got from Sheriff Keller that it's not his handwriting or it's that's not something he would write, mm. and he's going to uh, dig into it. Yeah, yeah I was thinking it was the back of the note that he left for for uh, on the door. Oh, because huh. it was not on the door when he walked in, so. That and maybe that's a little yeah. The note's gone. gone. Yeah, his gun, his gum is also gone. Chekhov's gum. That's what we're talking about. There we go. (laughs) You're chewing gum in the first act. You're killing someone (laughs) with it the next. Um, So I do think that will be, and I I really like this as Jughead has a case. He's got something to really get after now, and that's that's perfect. That's what we want him doing. Um, A couple other things. I mean. We could just run through all the nonsense language. Cut the gas. Nobody's jazzed. Uh, we got negative perspiration, he says. To Tabitha. I was like, that's a weird thing to say. Uh, the one that you've shouted out a bunch is uh, the apple uh, The apple butter. <laughs> Enough with the apple butter. Yeah. Liz, that's uh, great. Thanks for the apple butter, queen of the paper shakers. Right. <laughs> back to back. Uh, great stuff. The I also dreamy flutterbums from uh, Veronica. The uh, take a powder, Herman Melville. That's the real Moby Dick. I was like, what are we doing? <laughs> it really feels like, and I love this, and they should be doing this, but it really feels like the writers are trying to one up each other every episode. Exactly, a hundred percent. Keep doing. Like it. They Keep have it some kind of bet going of like well, how many they can get in in an episode or something. 
It's so good. It's yeah. so much fun. I really felt like not to keep drawing lines between specific episodes, but my feeling this episode was it was a really good follow up on the first and second episode because we got a little bit of the murder mystery. Obviously, there's the ongoing plots, but just the earnest earnestness about issues and the way that they're dealing with issues through this 1950s lens. It's great. I'm really liking this season a lot so far. I'm very happy with it. Agreed. Um, I mean, a couple other things. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I would be having more fun if they were just give, sprinkling some little bug head, you know. Pete, you, every time you say this, next episode. Next episode, there's a little bug head coming your way. Oh, that sounds man. horrifying, but it's true. Yeah. Have you already seen it? We just no, finished promo, watching the promo. No, the promo. The promo oh, at the end okay. of the episode. I haven't I would seen argue it. it's a very little bit, but maybe that's yeah, enough. We'll hey, it. that's all we need. A little yeah, bit to keep us going. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like the cocaine and Coca-Cola. You <laughs> just uh, two pumps of bucket. Extra lot of cocaine. We're also going to have to throw extra ice on the bucket, I think. But I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, that'll be a fun episode next time. Um, I would say the opening sequence uh, after the basketball game out in front beautifully shot they've really been doing a lot of like it feels like very like cinematic like this is a movie and like that's hard to do on a tv but tv shows like this and you know because you're a line producer 100 percent. that's exactly what i know and also love the description of jughead as he's pretty handsome oddball lives in a train car i was like (laughs) let that wash over all of us because it is weird for everyone yeah. Um, it did make me miss a little bit, even though I was very into Jabbath in this episode, it did make me miss the Veronica Jughead uh, relationship that that went so briefly. But I like that they referenced it and they're not forgetting that it happened or anything. I feel like previous seasons of Riverdale, we would have heard literally nothing about that. Instead, there really seems to be an eye, and this is the faintest of praise, but there really seems to be an eye for an actual overall story and connection between the stories and connection between the episodes. When we've talked about there's almost exquisite corpse style, it seems like previous seasons have been written sometimes. This has more of an arch to it. It has a forward to momentum. More of an archie. And more of an archie. There you go. Before we wrap up here, why don't we talk about the MVP of the episode? Who do you think was the MVP? Justin, you want to go first? Uh, great question. I mean, I think I got to give it up for Reg in this yeah. episode. Yeah, great yeah, to see him out here. Badass yeah. move. Um, yeah. I like the um, earnestness and seriousness of his story. His halfway the, monologue was just unbelievable. Yeah. The twist, the farm boy twist that we have in here, which is also a great dance move. Uh, a yeah. way that we can f- maybe find our way back to the, the Reggie from um, previous seasons. That might be cool. But I really like the addition again. Badass move when he showed up on the basketball court. Yeah. Pete, what about you? Who's your MVP? I mean, I was going to go Reggie, so I'm kind of thrown. Um, uh, I'll go, I'll go Tony. Do you, oh, nice. Any, any reasons or just, yeah, I'm, I, I was happy with, uh, her kind of like stopping and realizing, uh, you know, and kind of being like, Hey, uh, you know, I think I made a mistake here. Let's, uh, let's revisit this. So. Super happy about that. I think both of you guys are right with those. I will, though, throw out she might not be the MVP of her love life, but definitely one of my MVPs of the episode was Veronica. I just thought the way that she kept pivoting through every single storyline was so good. She's 
Camilla Mendez is killing it with the performance. She was hilarious in that Reggie scene where she mm-hmm. was trying to not seduce him, but really try to charm him in the schoolroom. All the stuff with Kevin and Clay was really funny and fun as well. The Jughead thing. Great stuff. I think it's giving us this very different Veronica, the arch, I keep using that word, but the very heightened Mm. sense and specific Hollywood way she's speaking is very fun as well. I'm just really enjoying it. If you would like to support this podcast and all the podcasts, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Riverdale, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Riverdale Dark on Twitter, Riverdale After on Instagram, Riverdale After Dark on Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you after dark. Oh, sorry, my mouth's full. I'm eating uh, senior mints no, and hot, no, no, a really no. a greasy hot dog. That's really oh, that's my yum, favorite. Yum. Did I mention that before? Yeah, I, I'm using your recipe. Oh. It's just dip one into the <laughs> just dip a hot dog in a box of junior. Oh, Pete's gone. Super sexual duck. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.